Duncan wrote the red crayon to the owner out of the crayon box. Duncan, we need to talk. All year long, I wear myself out coloring fire engines, apples, strawberries, and everything else that's red. I even work on holidays. I color all the Santas at Christmas and all the hearts on Valentine's Day. I need a rest. Signed, your overworked friend, Red Crayon. <laughs> These are the opening pages of a cute children's book named The Day the Crayons Quit. Red Crayon had had enough of overworking and was longing for some sort of rest from, you know, the busy life that red crayons have. And not just red crayon, gray, gray crayon as well. After all, coloring large elephants and rhinos and hippos and humpback whales, they're all big animals. And that left Gray longing for lighter days where Gray could just color a small pebble or two. And then there was Blue Crayon who enjoyed coloring the occasional ocean and lake and river but has worked so much that Blue could no longer see over the edge of the crayon box. <laughs> and so Blue and Red and Gray crayons asked Duncan, the owner, for a break. In the book, there are other crayons there, and they have their own concerns. Some of them were concerned about not coloring enough, and some of them wanted to be more creative. But of all the concerns that were there in the book, the one that was most prevalent and came up the most were the crayons that were overworked. And I suspect that crayons aren't the only ones that are susceptible to being out of balance with work and rest. You and I may actually be more like red and blue and gray crayon than we realize. Overworked, underrested, and longing for some degree of emotional, physical, and spiritual rest in our lives, and longing for a rhythm of life that is sustainable for our health and our well-being. We see it in cute books about crayons, and we see it in our own lives and in the lives of the ones we love. And we see it in this short passage in Luke chapter 10. In our passage today, we see two sisters, Mary, and we see Martha, with two different rhythms of life. One's rhythm consists of frantic working, and the other taking a rest at the feet of Jesus. Martha is over-encumbered. She's distracted and frustrated in her working and in her serving and in her preparing. 
in order to make sure that everybody else and everything else is taken care of. She's doing good things, y'all. Most likely, she's cooking for others, making sure that the plates are filled and to make sure that the cups are full. She's preparing for Jesus and for those who are accompanying him. She's doing all the things. But her sister, Mary, appears to be doing nothing. This is no sibling rivalry here. It's not about whose turn it is to do dishes or to clear the table. It's much more simple than that. And it is also much more important. This is about work and about rest, about service and about Sabbath, about outward living and also inner rest and healing. And Luke's gospel records this small but significant household tension between two sisters to highlight the tension we often have between service and Sabbath. The great commandments as revealed by Jesus are twofold. The first is to love the Lord our God with all of our being, that's heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Summed up with those two are the summation of the biblical law. The concept is simple. Our faith has two foci, each informing the other. Loving God, which informs how we love our neighbor, and loving our neighbor, which affirms our love for God. The concept is simple, but it's like the tagline of the board game Othello. It takes a minute to learn, but a lifetime to master. That is because for most of us, we struggle to do both well. We tend to favor one at the expense of the other. This has much to do with our cultural values that value excessive work, which tells us that we will be rewarded with a happy life as long as we do as Martha does. That is work, 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 work and work. Dean Schabner of ABC News writes an article just a few years ago about the busyness of our lives. He said this, not only are Americans working longer hours than at any time since statistics have been kept, but we are also working longer hours than any of the other industrialized world. And while workers in other countries have been seeing hours cut back in order to prevent it from infringing on private life, Americans have been going in the other direction. The cultural trend is to immerse ourselves in the daily grind, the extra hours, the nonstop weeks that flow into nonstop weekends in hopes that we will have a happy life. Excessive work, the daily grind, the, the status quo of our culture. But that is not the way of Jesus. And it is not the way that God intended. 
From the beginning, God has modeled for us a rhythm of life. The creation of the world in Genesis through work and rest. Out of the the void, God commanded the, the light and separates it from the darkness. God brings to order the oceans and God structures the sky. God hangs the moon and the stars and the sky. God hangs the sun. God establishes the and fashions the creatures and forms humanity. And God says it is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. It is very good. And on the seventh day, God rested from the work. God rests with creation, where creator and created are present together in beauty and holiness. In the book Sabbath by Wayne Miller, he shares that the ancient rabbis used to teach that on the seventh day, God did create something. They said that the the, the rabbi, the rabbinic tradition says that God created serenity, peace and repose. Rest in the deepest possible sense of healing and stillness. And in that tradition, they says, until the Sabbath, creation was unfinished. And only after the birth of this tranquility, this rest, was the circle of creation made full and complete. I wonder how many of us may struggle with having that feeling of fullness and completeness because of the struggle that we have finding the rest that we so desperately need in God. Rest, Sabbath, stillness, they are as much of the work of creation as the formation of the universe, and they are as much of the work of the faith-filled life as the embodied gospel, as the work of proclaiming, and of loving and of serving. The Sabbath rest, holy stillness, it's not a provision that should be just tacked on at the end of a work day or or at the end of a work week only after we have completed absolutely everything that we can think about or complete. Because the truth of the matter is, we will always be able to think of something else. There's always one last thing to remember. Even when we're in the bed trying to lay ourselves down, there's one more thing that tends to pop up in our minds. But the Sabbath rests as a model, one of which Jesus follows, and the rhythm of life that God offers us is one in which we learn to stop and embrace and take that rest with God so that we can be renewed. It's for our good. It's for our well-being. It's it's for you. It's for me. And that work-rest rhythm that we are called to by Jesus, Jesus says it's the good part. Imagine life that consisted of work alone without Sabbath and holy rest. It is like trying to breathe by inhaling and never taking a stop 
to exhale. Sure, you may be able to function for a short while just on the inhale, but sooner or later, in order to live, you have to exhale. Because the inhale and the exhale in rhythm are needed if you are going to breathe as God intended. We were created to work and we were created to rest. Work and rest in a rhythm that invites us into the joy and fruitfulness of work and also the joy of resting our minds, our hearts, our body, and our soul in the renewing presence of God. And without an established rhythm, sooner or later, we will find ourselves out of breath. Martha was out of breath. Her serving and cooking was out of sync with what Jesus was doing. And so was she. Because her good work was coupled with frustrations that she held with Mary who knew how to rest in the presence of Jesus. Yes, the dishes were important, but only one thing in that moment was necessary for her well-being. Only one thing was needed. And without the rhythm, Martha is standing with full hands, but a weary and frustrated heart. We even see Martha's frustration starting to spill out. She's even telling Jesus what he ought to do. Both are doing important things, but only Mary had found a work-life rhythm that was sustainable for her whole being. And she will not allow anything to keep her from it. Now, we all have things that we contend with that desync us out of a healthy rhythm of work and rest, of service and Sabbath. For me... I contend with the tendency to want to place my own need of rest with God on the back burner for the care of others. And I sometimes do that because I think inwardly I don't really want to deal with the conflict that arises from asserting my own needs. But that's just me. What do you contend with? The thing is, we all have the, our own things that we contend with for these healthy rhythms of life by which we are called to. The things that keep us out of sync with the rhythm of work and rest, service and Sabbath. But there's good news this morning. And that good news, the gospel, is that we don't have to stay out of sync. That no matter how long we have been stuck in unhealthy ruts and rhythms, no matter how long we have been out of rhythm or out of sync or out of breath, no matter how long we have neglected creating times and spaces to be with God, God is always inviting us into God's rhythm. God is always granting us the opportunity to change our rhythm and to get in sync with the rhythm that produces life in us. 
just as the rhythm of day and night continues so that each are anew, so are the graces and mercies of God, so are the opportunities to reset our lives, to prioritize times of rest with our Creator. New day, new mercies, new grace, new rhythms. And you can make it starting even now. And so what changes do you need to make to prioritize your rhythm with God? As was mentioned earlier in worship, later this fall we will return to this concept. It's that important. And we will return in our upcoming sermon series on renewal. But you don't have to wait until then to make the change. You can start right now by considering your own current rhythm and identifying where you would like to make a change. And then perhaps maybe even with a little humor we can be like red crayon and gray and blue to shout out our needs and tend to them by resting in the life-giving presence of God.